Welcome back, baseball fans, to episode 23 of Round and Third, the baseball podcast. Today, we are finishing all of our division previews with the latest, the last, my favorite division, home of my beloved Los Angeles Dodgers, the National League West. Max, roll the intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All right, Max, we've been here. We've been waiting a while to get through these previews, get the baseball season back. We've done it. We're pretty much through the previews. We meet one more time to preview the National League West. Uh, And then our next episode is coming out on opening day, uh, April 7th. It's going to be great. First pitch, you just said 110, uh, and it is Yankees-Red Sox. Great game. Must watch. Can't wait for baseball and can't wait to dive into this division. Uh, The same thing, uh, same courtesy we gave you of putting the Cardinals at the end of the National League uh, Central. We're doing that with the Dodgers again on the NL West here. Uh, So I don't know if you want to lead in and get us going on uh, our first team or kind of the division as a whole, maybe the recap. Yeah, and and I'll just, uh, you know, tag along to what you said. We're recording this on Sunday, April 3rd. We are just a couple of days away from opening day on Thursday, April 7th. As you said, Yankees, Red Sox at 110. Most teams are playing that day. Um, it's very exciting. I could not be more excited for it. A baseball season, 162 games, the grind starts. I, I'm super excited. And this is a great division to talk about. It's, you know, we've talked about how you can kind of break these other divisions up into levels, tiers of teams. And I think you can definitely do that with this division as well. The Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Diamondbacks, and the Colorado Rockies all have been making some type of uh, offseason move, some more than others. This was a very shocking division last year. As you remember, you know, the the Giants weren't even projected to be over 500. They weren't even projected to be a winning team. And they come out and win 107 games, go 170 and 55, win the NL West, have the best record in baseball, and ultimately lose to the Dodgers in the NLDS. But what a shocker that was. And, and so you had the Giants in first place last year, 107-55. Huge surprise, led by their bullpen of Kevin Gossman, Logan Webb. We'll go through it. Dodgers in second place, franchise record 106 wins, 106-56. That's just incredible to have an 107-win team and an 106-win team uh, at the top of the division. And to have the Dodgers win 106 games and not win the division is just unbelievable. Padres came in third place. Super disappointing season, 79 and 83. Huge expectations for them to kick off the Dodgers from the top. Of course, they faced injury issues and looks like they're going to face injury issues again this year. I don't know about them. And then you have the two teams rounding it out, the Rockies um, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks at the very bottom at 52 and 110, 55 games out of first place. And you're going to look at you know a pretty similar thing this year. Um, There are clearly three good teams, Dodgers, Giants, Padres. Obviously, you know, the Dodgers are better than the others or, you know, however that order shakes out. But the Dodgers are minus 213 to win the division. Padres plus 325, Giants plus 481, and then just long shot odds. Rockies at plus 10,000, Diamondbacks at plus 10,910. Both... Um, both of those bottom two teams really don't have a lot to look forward to, especially with just these powerhouses at the top of the division. But it'll be really interesting to follow. Let's jump right into it. The San Francisco Giants, um, obviously, like I said, coming off a 107-win shocking season. They have Gabe Kepler as manager, the 2021 National League Manager of the Year. They have lost some players from last year. They lost Buster Posey, who retired, who was – you know, has been a big piece of that franchise for as long as anyone can remember. I know we did a whole segment about breaking down his Hall of Fame status. 
Kevin Gossman, who was their ace last year, went to Toronto. We broke down him in the AL East preview, that whole trade. But they did make huge uh, moves. Carlos Rodon, as we mentioned, left the Chicago White Sox, joined the San Francisco Giants, was an ace of aces last year, two outs from a perfect game, was really incredible in that White Sox rotation. Pairing him with Logan Webb, who was incredible, incredible last year and could even get better this year. Anthony Descafani, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb. Um, I know we've talked about this rotation in the past, but this, I think this rotation got better. I think Rodon can not only take Gossman's spot, but take another step forward. I think Logan Webb really showed the ace Cy Young level stuff he had last year, and I expect him to keep that up. They have a great bullpen, um, top 10 in baseball last year, and projected to be pretty much the same. And a fantastic lineup, headline, Brandon Belt. Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria. They did sign Jock Peterson. Jock Tober will be their designated hitter. Mikey Stremski, uh, Lamont Wade, Tommy Lasella. Great players. It was a great lineup last year. Um, you know, obviously another age, another year added on to a lot of these players' age. But I like this lineup. I like this rotation. This is a team that I don't think is going to falter too much from – well, I, I don't think they're going to win 107 games. But I think – that they will be competing um, for a playoff spot like like a lot of these other teams. And I think they will be a really, really good team in the National League. James, do they worry you in that division? Well, uh, you know, truthfully, they don't. Uh, and I preface that by saying last year I was not even concerned. Um, and, of course, <laughs> they went ahead and ended the Dodgers' eight-year reign as National League West champions uh, even in spite of the fact that the Dodgers tied their franchise record for wins at 106, only possible because they themselves had an incredible, incredible uh, start-to-finish, wire-to-wire season, franchise record 107 wins from them. Gabe Kepler hate his guts. No one was more deserving of that 21 NL manager of the year. He took a roster that and a rotation that on paper pit him amongst, I don't know, maybe the 15th best club in baseball and had them perform as the number one club in baseball. Um, and it really was an incredible performance from him and a lot of people. And that's why I think the San Francisco team does take a bit of a step back. But as you mentioned, I don't think it's a massive regression. I think they very much are pushing the playoffs. If anything, I think them and the Padres are really fighting for, uh, kind of that number two, but I'll get, I'll get back into that later. Um, what I worry about really where I think the biggest regression comes from is two places. One, I think the leadership that Buster Posey brought to this team, you know, stuff like that you can't capture on paper, uh, but he was the man in the clubhouse. He was the man with the plan, the man who, you know, those young kids could go to. He was kind of, you know, we're going to rally in this game, down runs, we're fine. You know, we might have just gotten swept, but we're fine. Uh so I think that will have a tangible impact. Uh, I do like your take. I think the Gossman for Rodon, yeah, I mean, you're to me, you say Rodon's a little bit, I, I have him as one-to-one, -one, uh, but Rodon has a little more track record, in my opinion. I worry about that bottom half of their rotation, though. You know, Di Sclafani had a very much career year, you know, kind of brought himself back to relevance. Alex Wood, who was on uh, the Dodgers, you know, bounced around two stints on the Dodgers, he also had a really good year. I don't expect them to have good years. I agree with you, Logan Webb. He's a monster. I think he stays right at that level. I think this rotation really becomes a one-two punch uh, and then some inning eaters. Um, the lineup, as you mentioned, you know, what they did lose is at the trade deadline, they did have Chris Bryant on this team. Um, so Chris Bryant was on the Giants team uh, who got sent home sent packing by the Los Angeles Dodgers in what was one of my most favorite postseason moments ever. That was the first meeting uh, of this near 100-year rivalry in the playoffs, uh, and L.A. got the last laugh there. But the lineup, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, awesome to watch, really good for baseball. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, they both had pretty good years for their careers, like really kind of pushing to the limits of what they can do. You know, as you mentioned, that age, especially, I think, out of Brandon Crawford and Evan Longoria could start to play a role. I like where the odds have them, though. Um, maybe not, you know, probably third in the division, but we'll see. But I like around the 85 wins for this team. I think they I think they get there. Yeah, 
it, see, I was going to bring that up, the 85-and-a-half game over-under, because I think um, I, I, I saw someone uh, like the Giants play-by-play guy. He was going crazy about this number, saying that, you know, we won 107 games last year. We lost Buster Posey, but our rotation's just as good. Our bullpen's just as good. Our lineup, all this stuff. And that he doesn't think Buster Posey can cause um, a 22-game drop in in performance. Which I mean is understandable, but at the same time, 107 win, 107 wins is just ridiculous. You can't expect to put that up again. So when I think we're saying this team's going to make a regression, I at least mean I don't think they're going to win 107 games because that is just insane. But I, I still think this team's really good, and I do like what you brought up about Buster Posey because I think the intangibles of having a guy like that in your locker room, especially a guy like that who's, you know, won three World Series titles, has been there forever, been on all the ups and downs of this team. He knows the franchise better than anyone. Will probably, you know, be a future manager in the league. Not having him um, can be really detrimental to the team, more than just, you know, the stats that he's able to put up. But his leadership behind the plate, being like the quarterback of that infield, so we'll have to see. I think Joey Bart's going to take his place at least to start the season. Um, but it's an interesting team. It was a very interesting team last year, obviously. Um, and we'll have to see if they can keep it up. Um, I, I do like this team. I am high on this team. Um, I think the Dodgers have this division under control, but I like this team a lot, and I think they'll continue success. Whether that's you know a deep World Series run or not, I'm not sure. But this is a, this is a team I think will get into the postseason. Um, James, anything else on the San Francisco Giants? Yeah, you know, I'm I personally I'm not sure I'm ready to give them the postseason mark of approval. Um, I think they get close. I think they very well could get in. I'll tell you, they won't have success. Um, you know, especially if they have to go through the Dodgers <laughs> again, because, you know, it's hard to beat your big brother. Um, and I don't see that happening. But, you know, I, I I don't agree with the play-by-play because you can't measure Buster Posey in terms of just his production, which, by the way, and we got into in our Hall of Fame, he had a career, he had in a Hall of Fame career, a career year last year as part of this run, and not to mention the right. defense behind the plate, which is going to help your pitchers. It's going to help the in- captain, the infield, as you said. And I love your take. Buster Posey should be a manager in baseball sooner rather than later. Um, we saw the Cubs do the exact same thing with David Ross. You know, catchers just know the game better than anyone else on the field. Makes the most sense for him to jump right in. He'd be a, he'd be a great manager. Um, and I hope that I don't have to face him as the Giants manager ever because he, he will be a good manager. Yeah, this team is good, but as you said, 107 wins. That was ridiculous to watch. That was a franchise record. I don't think the Dodgers are going to win 106 games. So, you know, I just think it's really about keeping things realistic. I think 86 wins is more than fair for what this team can perform. Um, But I expect them to do that, and I expect them to be a force, be a story, be pushing all the way late. Maybe not for the NL West title, but certainly for the playoffs. I don't think this is a team that gets mathematically eliminated uh, until the closing week of the season, if they do get eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And like just because the the Rockies and Diamondbacks are you know really bad, I think they'll be able to get a lot of wins, even though they'll be playing teams like the Dodgers, who they performed fairly well against last year in the regular season. And now we'll turn to a Padres team who they will also play um, – I'm not high on this Padres team. Let's break it down. They obviously had a very disappoint, disappointing season last year at 79 and 83. You know, it was supposed to be their year. They were going to take over the NL West. Clearly didn't happen. They were led by manager Bob Melvin. Their rotation, Joe Musgrove, really good season last year. Their ace, they have Hugh Darvish. Blake Snell, who's not the Blake Snell he used to be. Sean Maneo, who was acquired today from Oakland. It's funny, they were actually playing each other in spring training. I don't know if you saw this, but he was slated to start for the A's against the Padres, but ended up starting for the Padres against the A's. Um, So that was pretty funny. They have Mike Clevenger, who spent a long time uh, in Cleveland. Um, So I know him pretty well. He's coming off Tommy John, though. He's, I mean, he's he's been good. He's been good. Um, I don't know how well his arm will keep up coming off Tommy John um, and not really being, you know, a super ace, but 
we'll have to keep our eye on that. And then they have some young guys, Chris Paddock, who I know has been in a bunch of trade talks recently. Um, the Padres and Mets had like some trade lined up with Eric Hosmer in it and all these players that I guess fell through at the last minute. Um, and I've heard, you know, the Padres are trying anything to get an outfielder. They wanted Brian Reynolds um, and that wasn't working out. So they, they, they do really want an outfielder. I would. Looking at this lineup um, and real quick on that, on that bullpen, they don't have Mark Lanson anymore, who is really, really good last year. He's now in Arizona. And so they don't really have a clear closer. The bullpen is very uncertain. Nobody on the bullpen has over one career save. So they'll have to figure that out as the season goes. Um, actually, before I jump into the lineup, James, what do you think about that rotation and the bullpen? Some, some you know, relatively household names in there. Yeah, I think what I would say, and especially with the trade today where they acquired, and I did see that he was wearing the Padres brown uniform with his green Oakland glove, uh, Sean Manea, and it was it looked atrocious. It was really – everyone was having a great laugh with the fact that he literally woke up and went to the Oakland clubhouse and then pitched on the other side of the game he was going to pitch. Um, but I think with that trade, what they've done is they, is they have so much pitching depth uh, both in the rotation and in the bullpen, uh, that's going to move some pieces. Now, of course, you mentioned their biggest need is an outfielder. The biggest free agent, really the only free agent left, is still Michael Conforto, who who can, is an outfielder. So uh, now I know they're looking for a left-handed hitter one. I'm pretty sure he's a righty. Um, or no, they're, they're looking for a righty. I'm pretty sure he's a lefty. Uh, reverse that. But I think... I think that they're not done with the trades. I think we see some pitching depth offloaded, uh, and they try and bring in another substantial bat, mainly to cover and something we'll get into that Tatis injury. Uh, but yeah, this rotation, look, it's one of those. And I would say Joe Musgrove, really awesome story last year. He's a San Diego kid. He threw a no hitter, uh, first one in the Padre that the Padres have had uh, in like a while, while like thirty years, something like that. Um, that was a really feel-good story. But as you said, Blake Snell, something about the way Kevin Cash did him so dirty in the World Series, broke his brain, and he can't pitch. He's got the yips a little bit. You know, you Darvish had some moments. He's still got that ridiculous slider that is unhittable. Quite frankly, I think you Darvish slider may, slider may be the most unhittable pitch in baseball. Um, but on paper, the lineup's great. Mike Clevenger, I really like what he can do at the bottom side of a rotation, as we've seen in Cleveland over the years. It looks great on paper. It's not really a rotation that I'm worried about. And when you compare it to the likes of the Giants, of the Dodgers, you know, it just isn't in that category. Um, but I think you Darvish can maybe find his stuff. Blake Snell could get it going. They have the potential for this to be, if you get the San Francisco last year where every pitcher is having basically the best year they've ever had. Yeah, this could be a terrifying rotation, but I think the years here, the age, I think we're on the other side of the parabola. I'm not too worried. Uh, again, we'll see what happens with the depth, but we'll see how these players come back from injury. I think it's a serviceable rotation, Max, but I don't think they win because of this rotation or win, you know, to the playoffs or that level. Agreed. And I, I like what you said. This is a team that looks – or a rotation that looks decent on paper, and I agree. Like, you have you Darvish. Oh, I know who that is. Blake Snell. Uh, Mike Clevenger. I've heard of these names. Joe Musgrove threw a no-hitter last year. But Blake Snell is not the Cy Young winning Blake Snell. Um, he's not the Cy, He's not the pitcher we saw in the World Series a couple years ago. I think he's – you know, he's taken some steps backwards – I, I mean, I hope he can get it back online, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that. You Darvish um, did not have a great season last year, and he's kind of been a high ERA guy. I'm not – I mean, who knows? Who knows with you Darvish? But it is a, it is a decent um, arm to have as your second guy, but I also don't think he's at his peak. And then there's just a lot of question marks as you go down the lineup. That was a good acquisition today. I think it was somebody that they needed um, – to just get a little more depth in that rotation. Their lineup, though, pretty good. Trent Grisham, center fielder, leading off, um, only 25 years old, still has high expectations, needs to you know get it a little bit more on track. Big names, Manny Machado, he's an elite player in baseball, a star. Jake Cronenworth had an all-star season last year, 
really, really good. They acquired Luke Voigt from the Yankees this offseason. Um, you know, a good bat to have as your DH. Eric Hosmer, been in the league forever, is 32. He was on, like, that Royals team that won the World Series in 2015, I think. He's been okay. He's still an above-average player. but um, And then, I mean, the most important thing is Fernando Tatis Jr. will be out. I think it's a couple months, um, at least the start of the season. So no Tatis in the lineup, which is huge for baseball and huge for the San Diego Padres. I mean, he's top five player in baseball, and to not have him in your lineup for um, a considerable amount of time will definitely hurt. I mean, he's the face of this franchise. Uh, So that definitely, definitely hurts them. I think this is a lineup that has a lot of power in certain spots and a lot of star power in certain spots. But injuries are clearly affecting it now, and there are some holes as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I love what you said. Not only is Fernando Tatis the face of the San Diego Padres, he is the face of Major League Baseball as far as I am concerned. Uh, I mean, he is absolutely electric to play. I love watching when the Padres are playing the Dodgers just to watch what he can do if it's in the field, you know, with his crazy catches and crazy balls that he's getting to that he shouldn't, the double plays he's turning, if it's what he does with the bat, what he does on the bases running. I mean, five to a player, absolute beast. I know the MLB, uh, like, top 100 players came out, had him at number three uh, behind Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, which I think was a fair ranking, and and he's going to be out at least 60 games. So it is, I mean, it's a notable chunk by the time he gets back, I think they will be, you know, a good number, double-digit uh, games back from the NL West title. Um, but as I said with the starting lineup, I said that this rotation isn't the reason that they're going to win, and I didn't mean this team wouldn't win. I think it's going to be the lineup. This is a nasty, nasty lineup. Um, you have the star power, but then you have the depth. You have, you know, this isn't the Angels where you have the two best players in baseball and then a scrub party. I mean, it's great depth. Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, Cronenworth. You know, I love the Luke Voigt pick, pickup for them. Just gives another massive bat. I think for him, he's going to have a, one of the best years of his career just because he's not going to have the pressure of, you know, being a New York Yankee and trying to split time with Rizzo and, and any of that. Um, they also made a move for Matt Beatty from the Dodgers. Uh, so Matt Beatty will be coming uh, kind of in and, and he can play around, but really a first baseman backup DH. I'm really big on him. I think that LA na- never gave him the at-bats they, that he really deserved. Um, you know, Trent Grisham, it's just everywhere you look in the lineup, it's pretty solid, uh, even pro far in left field. Obviously, as long as Tatis is out, shortstop is their weakest position. Um, but it it's really hard to find some major weaknesses in this lineup. Of course, I don't think it's on par with the Dodgers lineup. Um, but for what they're spending, I mean, this is a really good lineup. I think this team is going to win a lot more games. I actually have the Padres to overperform this year. Uh, and we'll get into that maybe a little bit Interesting. Um, later. But I I just there's so much depth and I I feel there's another player coming. I just feel this energy that that they're going to offload some players. I, I don't know if it's a massive bat, but certainly one more piece. Um and I think this lineup is really in that spot where it's one piece away from potentially being one of the best lineups in baseball. Um Well, it definitely looks like they're trying to get somebody. I mean, they've been in trade rumors. So they're, they're, they definitely agree they're looking for an outfielder because I don't think they believe in this Trent Grisham, Will Myers, Yerkson Profar um, outfield. I, I think they want, you know, another star to put there. And I think they I think they need it. I, I'm surprised you're high on this team. That's interesting. Um, 88 and a half over under. I don't like it personally. I think this team might underperform. I don't love the um, the rotation. You have Joe Musgrove who was really good last year. But after that, I just don't like it. You Darvish, I don't believe in. Blake Snell, I don't believe in. Clevenger's coming off TJ, and he's never been that great. Um, and Sean Manea, we were just talking about, like, as the one reasonably notable guy on Oakland. It could be good. And I, and I think, you know, your prediction is definitely possible. I think if this team plays to maybe what everybody is capable of, I think it could be a good team. And the lineup, the lineup, as you said, there aren't many holes. Machado, they just need Tatis to be healthy. You know, like you said, 
uh, maybe the third best player in all of baseball. He's somewhere up there. And, you know, he's shown his star power last year. He's one of the faces of Major League Baseball. And if they can get him, that is, to me, a make or break for this team. I don't think if they if they don't have a healthy Tatis, um, I, I don't think there's a lot of hope. But I do agree Grisham, Machado, Cronenworth, Void, Will Myers, Eric Hosmer. These are all serviceable guys, if not elite names. They could do well. I, I just have question marks about it, but it's it's another interesting team. I think this is the first time where, you know, maybe we've really diverged on how we feel a team will do. Um, and I, I'm sure you'll be watching the, the Padres closely all season. I will be. I will say just while we're in the Padres uh, section of the show today, uh, the one thing I want to air out is that Padres and Padres fans, and I will say from an organization, this is a team five years ago who was downright terrible. I mean, just terrible. Um, so to see them buy in and making all these trades and wheeling and dealing and signing crazy contracts, you know, you love. I love to see when teams want to win. But the fans, it's gotten to their head a little bit, you know, and it, it didn't make me happy last year. All these fans were in my mentions and all through baseball Twitter talking about we're going to take down the Dodgers and the NL West will be ours and we're the new rivalry and we're the people Los Angeles needs to be concerned about. Uh, and I loved for the rivalry that the Giants stepped up and were like, okay, son, no, you're not. Like, I don't know who you are. You're this new kid on the block, running your mouth, super hot. Let me show you who the real big players are in the National League West. That was kind of fun. I expect something a little bit different. I think this year the Padres are the ones um, pushing on LA's back. But like you said, it all is predicated on Tatis. Does he heal on the short side of that, on the long side of it? When he comes back, is he going to have any rust or is he going to be ready to get right into the heat of the regular season where he'll need to be a 300 hitter? that's got a round of one OPS. I mean, that's, that is what they need for this team to be elite. They need Tatis to be a 300 hitter with around a one OPS. That's a huge if, especially coming off that injury um, and having to just, you know, no training, no spring training, just right into it. Um, so, right. so we'll and see what one, happens there. I'm really hoping his defense is better. He was giving up errors left and right last year. I was not impressed with him. I, I think they tried him in the outfield at some points. But he was struggling at short for a while. Um, but at least he has a platinum glove guy next to him in Machado. But it'll be interesting to see. Like we said, Tatis is the you know huge focal point for this team. And it really sucks that he's not going to be there. I mean, I would just love to watch him. I think everybody really does. So that really sucks we're not going to see him to start the season. Um, it makes the NL West less interesting. Just him being injured makes sure. the whole thing less interesting. For sure. For sure. Let's talk about these bottom feeders real quick. Um, Still big moves. Chris Bryant, uh, new member of the Colorado Rockies, who we'll talk about next. He's kind of the the big name on this team. Um, Colorado Rockies uh, projected over under at 69 and a half wins. Obviously, you know, pitching in Colorado is not a thing any pitcher wants to do because of how many home runs are hit at the high elevation. No great, really, pitchers, all a bunch of four and a half plus ERA guys. Um, you know, not a great bullpen. Their lineup, they lost Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals after the 2020 season. They lost Trevor Story to the Red Sox this postseason. Um, but they did acquire Chris Bryant, which is like a huge name. I don't think anybody at least I definitely did not see him going to Colorado I think he said something about it today where he was like why not go to Colorado which I mean I guess is fair um he's gonna be making a lot of money it's just a team that's not gonna win a lot you have Charlie Blackman um who's been very good on that team the past couple years um Ryan McComb um Mick Mahome I mean CJ Crone I mean Jose Iglesias I mean this is not gonna be a good team 69 and a half wins. They could even be in a hundred loss team. I really like Chris Bryant. I know, you know, he's had beef with the Cardinals being with the Cubs for so long, but I've always thought that Chris Bryant is just unbelievable. Um, can basically play any position and he's so big and hit unlike anybody else. Um, but this team, I don't know. I I've always been a fan of Rocky's colors, if that means anything. Yeah, I mean, the colorway is fun. You know, the Rockies are a fun name. I like the jerseys. I like the hats, you know. 
But again, that's basically what you have if you're a fan. You're like, cool, we have the highest elevation ballpark. It's going to be a home run derby all the time in here. It is surprising, though, because Colorado, as we said, five times in MLB history, they've had the most home runs. But it, the park isn't as dominant as you initially would think with it being at such a higher elevation. But it does contribute. I mean, they also have had an organizational philosophy that they basically only take pitchers whose number one pitch is a sinker. It still hasn't worked out obviously, uh, but that is where they're at. That's what they do. Um, and as you mentioned, no one really wants to pitch here. So getting a big time free agent pitcher to come to Colorado, that's like a death sentence. Uh, I think the only explanation for the Chris Bryant thing is two things. One, they paid him more than anyone else would pay him. And two, he either loves Colorado, like loves to snowboard for fun or loves pot and just wants to get to the dispensaries. Because as you said, if he, the second he signed that deal and it came out, I was like, okay, good. Chris Bryant basically is never going to understand the feeling of winning for the next seven years. I don't think they hold him all seven years, as, you, as you've seen and as your team has personally benefited. They love taking Hall of Fame caliber players and burning their contract early, paying other teams to use their Hall of Fame players to win and then not winning themselves. I just struggle more so because the prediction, I don't have much to talk about in the prediction. As you said, I think 69 and a half wins is honestly generous. They're going to underperform. This is a team, 10,000 odds is generous for them to win. They're not going to win. They don't think they're going to win. But to me, it begs the question, what is this organization doing? Like, what are you doing? You had Arenado, you had Story, you had half, you had one of the better infield combos in baseball. You let it all walk which would make sense if you're doing the whole Cincinnati, Oakland, I guess, full rebuild, save capital. Let's do some drafting. But then you go and offer a ridiculous monster contract to one player who's basically playing alone. I mean, Charlie Blackman is on the other side of his age parabola. He'll be DHing, But, like, it's just, I mean, I feel like you go to Colorado for your career to die, more or less. And it's sad that that's, you know, I think Chris Bryant is going to mash up there. I'm expecting a 50 home run season out of him, but you're not going to win. So to me, that is the Colorado Rockies. Cool jerseys. People look like they're having fun in the park, but the team doesn't know what it's doing. And winning is certainly not one of the things that it's doing. Yeah, I agree. And before I kick off Arizona, I, I do want to say, like, you know, Charlie Blackman, like you said, he's getting older, but he is a good player. Really, he's been a you know four-time All-Star, won the batting title. Um, but just like letting Trevor Story go um, and then paying a bunch of money for Chris Bryant, who, yeah, they might be able to move at some point. But again, it's, it is a risk because you have, you're locking some guy down for a very long period of time, a lot of money. If he gets hurt or he doesn't perform, it's just like how do you move on from this contract? You know, it's kind of like Albert's contract with the Angels. It's just hard to move away from. Um, <clears throat> or in more recent terms, Eugenio Suarez's contract with the Reds. Um, it was really hard to get rid of him, and they had to package Winker in the deal to make it work. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that'll happen to Chris Bryant, but also eight years is a long period of time. Anything can happen. But him and Charlie Blackman um, – are fun to watch, I guess. But like you said, it's hard to get pitchers in Colorado because nobody wants to pitch there. It's going to be a bad team. Not much more to say. Talking about another bad team, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Again, not much really here. Uh, they have Madison Bumgarner, who um, used to be really good, um, but can probably is probably on the verge of retirement. Um, had a 5'11 ERA. He threw that seven-inning no-hitter last year, which was cool. They were in the news because they did sign uh, Marte to a long-term extension, which is really good because um, he is, you know, their best player by far. And getting him, you know, it's at least they're they're spending money on players that I, they think are valuable to their organization, which I guess the Rockies are too. But it's it's good to see, you know, at least money's being spent. They're not totally offloading everybody. They have David Peralta, Carson Kelly. Josh Rojas. Um, I mean, it's, it's okay. What What's your insight on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think the insight here is, once again, they're not in a position to really be good. Uh, the bullpen is terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. The rotation is arguably worse. They have Melanson uh, I mean, now. They, they do have Melanson. So they do have a serviceable closer, 
still sitting around a four ERA guy. So like high leverage, you know, he's pretty good. I expect maybe an 80% save rate out of him, but how many times are they even going to get to the closer? You know, that's kind of the problem <laughs> Problem with this team is what's he going to get 40 save attempts? I mean, uh, I do like, I like the future outlook of this infield. As you mentioned, Marte, who could play second, Josh Rojas, I'm really high on. He's on the IL to start the season, but third baseman there, Carson Kelly, one of the better young catchers in the game. I think they're maybe building something here. Something's brewing, but at least to me, the difference between the Diamondbacks and Colorado is that they kind of have some vision. Okay, keep thing, you know, keep payroll a little low. Let's try and build and see where these guys are at. And understand the time to pounce on a monster contract is not when the Dodgers have constructed arguably the best lineup in the history of baseball, when the Padres are signing and trading anything that has a pulse and the Giants are coming off a 107-win season. This is just not the right time for Arizona and Colorado to make moves. Uh, so I guess the outlook there is from an organization, a general manager perspective. I like what Arizona is doing much more than Colorado and taking that contract. But again, 66 and a half, you know, season over under that's their predicted i don't know i think they're right around there um maybe right in that lose 100 games we'll see maybe mad bum has a resurgence but like you said i think one more season like that he's probably calling it um just not a team that has the lineup the bullpen the rotate doesn't have the pieces to compete in what is a star-studded division it really doesn't um I mean, yeah, I don't have much more to add. They have Zach Davies as another pitcher, Nick Ahmed, who's hurt. But this is just a team. They do have some names. Real quick, I would I do add an electric player that we don't have covered yet is Tim LaCastro, fastest player in baseball, uh, a menace for stealing bases, also has like the highest infield single rate in baseball. Not like super useful, but it's cool to note he'll probably uh, be the stolen base leader this season. Yeah, it's just a team that isn't quite there. Um, it seems like a team that hasn't really been there in a minute since Paul Goldschmidt was there. But they're going to lose a lot of games, 66 and a half over-unders. They're going to be worse than the Rockies projected. We'll see. Um, but those two teams, they're just kind of at the bottom here. They don't have a lot of hope, especially with three really, really, really good teams at the top. And, I mean, James... Let's talk about the biggest name in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, you know, big moves in the offseason. Obviously, this is one of the most star-studded teams in all of baseball. I'll let you go ahead. What do you, I mean, just break it down for us. What are you seeing as a Dodgers fan? What do you expect? Um, I mean, do you expect anything less than a World Series this year? Uh, well, I will say, first of all, uh, for questions like that, I refer to the manager who just signed a three-year contract extension with Los Angeles, Dave Roberts, who has personally guaranteed a World Series and was asked if he wanted to recant a statement, and he doubled down. Um, and I think, look, at this team, you just tied your franchise win record. They've been to the World Series, what, uh, five of the last seven years? I mean, they've won one of them. They won a different one if you account for the cheating, um, but we only count the real wins. Uh, yeah, I think anything less than a World Series is a failure. I'm expecting if this team doesn't win the NL West, I'll be shocked. It's at the point with Los Angeles, uh, titles like that, division titles don't matter. Um, I, I think anything short of a World Series ap appearance, if they can't get out of the National League, is a catastrophic failure. Uh, mainly because the biggest competition I see would be the Braves. And like you just took their guy, their MVP, you know, you, you kind of can't do that and then lose. Um, so, yeah, I think anything less with this team, with the ridiculous lineup that we're going to get into, uh, one of the most stacked bullpens in the game, uh, one of the better rotations and just depth all around. I mean, there is so many, there's so many good pitchers that aren't even going to crack into their rotation or bullpen to start and will be siphoned in and out. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I guess just getting into it, the rotation again, to me, it's a little bit different. Look, you know, very happy to have Clayton Kershaw back for his one year. This is the first season where confidently Clayton Kershaw is not even in your one, two punch. The one-two punch this team has is Walker Butane, Walker Bueller, the man, absolute stud. Um, 
with the tight pants, you know, followed closely by Julio Urias, who had a 21 season last year, incredible career year. He was the ace on the Dodgers last year. Uh, I'm expecting him to maybe take a tiny step back, but be right up there in that 18, 19 uh, win mark. And then that's, you have Clayton Kershaw at the third, third spot in that rotation. Um, Hopefully they can manage his health. That's going to be a big scare. Uh, Clayton Kershaw doesn't really start seasons and end them. You kind of have to pick. So I would have preferred him to wait and start the season in July and play through the playoffs. But we'll see. Interesting. The team has named Andrew Heaney to be their fourth man in the rotation to start. Uh, That's kind of pitting Tony Gonsolin on the outs. uh, And he made some noise in the playoffs. So he'll be coming. Jimmy Nelson on the 60 day. IL can also start for this team, not to mention Danny Duffy, uh, who had a great year for the Royals last year and was acquired on trade deadline day and never pitched the baseball once for L.A., re-signed, still on the IL, uh, but he could come back and start. And not to mention Trevor the Creep Bauer uh, is also on this team pending the MLB investigation. Of course, his criminal charges have been dropped. I have zero confidence that he ever pitches again in a Dodgers uniform. But in the case that somehow he gets green-lighted from the MLB, people haven't even talked. But if you add that to this and make Clayton Kershaw the worst pitcher you have, 34-year-old Clayton Kershaw is your worst pitcher, that's a whole different level of terrifying. Um, And I would say anything less than 110 wins with Trevor Bauer would be a failure. But... Not even going to act like he's on the team. Still, Dustin May coming back from Tommy John. You know, to me, he's the most electric pitcher to watch. Love the movement. It's insane. He can start. He can come out of the pin. There's a lot there. That's just in the starting rotation. Um, Max, I don't know if you want me to just keep rolling through because it's my team and I know him. Um, and then love you comment, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So, so then you move into the bullpen, right. You know, pending the starting rotation, which I think is really good. You know, it's, it's not necessarily where the Mets are and maybe real quick pause just to talk about the Mets. Cause I don't think we've had this news on the podcast. Jake DeGrom has destroyed his arm. Uh, he can't pitch for four weeks so that they can reevaluate him. He at minimum is going to miss 60 games devastating for the New York Mets, absolutely devastating. Uh, That is basically the one player they can't afford to get injured. Um, But that's a a side note there. Uh, This bullpen is very, very strong. Um, Tons of high leverage guys, Blake Trinan, who can close, who can set up, had a monster year. Rudzar Gratterall doesn't throw pitches that are slower than 93. Likes to stay at 100. Pure gas there. And, of course, the huge trade they had sending A.J. Pollock to the Chicago White Sox for Craig Krimble to secure that closer spot. What I loved out of that is you lose one of my favorites, longtime Los Angeles Dodger, future Hall of Famer, hopefully, uh, maybe not, Kenley Jansen, who had the second most saves in baseball, I'm pretty sure, uh, or third most, only to be replaced by Craig Krimble, who has more saves. So the organization very clearly committed to winning. You still have David Price in that bullpen. Some of those other pieces I mentioned, Victor Gonzalez, who's currently in the minors, but could come up, another strong arm. It's just the bullpen is very, very good, very strong. Now, Craig Krimble looks shaky in Chicago. White Sox look great for the Cubs. Once he got traded, looked shaky. His one start or his one uh, inning he pitched today for the Dodgers, he gave up two homers, a single and a double. So not the ideal start there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not happy to see that. But I think they can pull it together with this this bullpen. And, and that's a great rotation, great bullpen, but by far the most impressive thing with this Los Angeles club is the lineup. Um, I'll, let, I'll go through the lineup, and then I'll let you comment, Max, because I'm interested if you think, like how you think this lineup stacks up to the rest of the league this year and just what we've seen in baseball in the last decade. Yeah, obvious. Great. Obviously, the massive free agent acquisition that I've already talked about, getting Freddie Freeman, uh, the 2020 MVP, 2021 reigning World Series champion, Freddie Freeman to play first base, 300 hitter. He's a monster. He's already homered in spring training. Uh, very excited to have that lockdown piece at first base. And, of course, right behind him, Marcus Lynn Betts, Mookie Betts in right field, uh, just one of the more dynamic 5-2 players in the game, speaks for himself. Uh, and joining Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman as Los Angeles Dodgers who have won MVPs uh, would be Cody Bellinger. 
he's probably going to be a huge question. Well, no, he is a huge question mark because he fluctuates. He either is MVP, tearing up the league, disintegrating pitchers, or he's borderline blind and terrible. Um, So far in spring training, he seems to be favoring the blind, terrible look. But a lot of hope. I'm still confident that he has a bounce back season. In accordance with his schedule, since last year was a sub-200 batting average year, this year is probably an MVP-type year. Um, But again, even if he's off, what he can do with his speed, what he can do at center field makes him a super player. Um, Another signing that they had, they re-signed Chris Taylor, who it looks like is going to be their starting left fielder now that A.J. Pollock is gone. Also interesting there, Kevin Pillar is on the AAA team, but is trying to play his way up there. I expect him to get up there and provide some depth in left field. Um, you got the kid, Gavin Lux, at second base, super highly touted prospect. Looked absolutely electric when he played shortstop when Corey Seager was down last year. Um, so we'll see what he can do, but I'm happy to give him the lion's share of at-bats. And Trey Turner, another five-tool game, NL, reigning NL uh, batting title just look like a monster. He's got crazy legs at shortstop. Another Turner, Justin Turner, at third base to lock down your infield. And Will Smith, one of the best uh, catchers, super clutch hitter, super powerful bat, great behind the plate. And to wrap it all up, DHing is Max Muncy, guy who can just absolutely club homers. Uh, he also can play second uh, in the case because this between the left field, second base, DH relationship is going to be a little weird on this team. But Max, going through that roster that I just mentioned, where do you think that roster stacks up to the rest of the league? I mean, this is one of the best rosters, if not the best roster, like in the last 100 years of baseball. I mean, this team is just absolutely loaded. Um, Look, they're plus 475 to win the World Series. They're the World Series favorites, and, you know, they should be. Before I touch on the lineup, like, the rotation is just ridiculous. Like, not just the rotation, their whole pitching staff is just absolutely loaded with all-stars, top-level pitchers, Walker Bueller, Julio Clayton, Andrew Heaney, Tony Gonsolin, in uh, the pen, Craig Kimbrell, who's one of the best closers in baseball, at least he was with the Cubs. Um, obviously, he struggled, I guess, today in spring training and with the White Sox. But, I mean, they're just... There's pitching everywhere on this team. Dustin May, who was amazing before Tommy John and is really one of the best young arms in baseball. Trevor Bowers, like you said, huge question mark. Can't really say much. Danny Duffy, David Price. I mean, they just have pitching everywhere. They, they Pitching will not be a problem for this team, and neither will the lineup. I mean, this lineup, I mean, look, they, this team is just unbelievable. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. Uh, Bellinger, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Gavin Lux, Christian, Ta- Chris Taylor. I mean, every single player on this team is, you know, one of the top best players in baseball. Like this whole lineup could be an could be um, an all star. And I, I think I think I saw something that said everybody in the lineup's been an all star. But like this whole lineup might make the all star team this year. It's just ridiculous. And I mean, I think Bellinger is obviously a big question mark. But he's definitely not make or break for this team because he's been poor the past couple seasons and um, they've been fine. But, I mean, getting him back to an MVP level definitely won't hurt. Um, But, I mean, this team is, you know, clear, clear favorite to win the division, as I think they should be. They're the clear favorite to win the World Series, as they should be. This is just an incredible lineup an incredible bullpen, an incredible rotation. There's really no downside to this team, and I think that's really what led Dave Roberts to be like, look, this team is going to win the World Series. I think this team will definitely be in the World Series. I think they will come out of the National League. Um, but who knows? Who knows? The I mean, the, it's World Series or bust for this team. Over under at 98 and a half wins is just, is, is just ridiculous. Um This team has everything going for it. It's the best team in baseball. Um, Super high expectations for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, you know, I think I love the way you set that up, Max. You know, it's a way, and I say this completely unbiased, no matter who's on the mound, I'm really not worried. I mean, it is, the pitching is ridiculous. They have a lot, enough pieces to trade. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, your starting rotation is very good, very, very strong. Opens uh, even better, I would say, more of a strong suit. And then you look at that lineup. There's no section of three hitters that you're ever going to get to open an inning that that doesn't make you just go shit right. if you're the opposing pick. I mean, that's it. You get to the bottom of this lineup, and it's going to look like what? Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, and Chris, and Chris Taylor, or Bellinger, depending on how – but that is <laughs> – that is the bottom. That is when you get to the part of the lineup where you should be able to take a deep breath and say, we're okay. We'll, a couple guaranteed outs here. Nothing's guaranteed pitching against this lineup. It's a team that, as I mentioned, tied their franchise win record and went out to get a better closer and a premium, premium, premium player in Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Of the top 100 list, uh, that they just put out on MLB TV. There were 11 Dodgers on it, meaning over 10% of the top 100 players in baseball are all on the Los Angeles Dodgers, more so than uh, I think Chicago White Sox and Houston Astros were both tied with eight players at number two. Um, you know, there really is not too much to say here because they're almost just such a cheat code. As you said, really anything shy of a World Series will be disappointing. Uh I think hammer that over. I expect a triple-digit win season. I expect them to easily waltz to an NL West title with at least double-digit games in hand um, at the close of the season. I would be surprised if they don't. Um, but, yeah, this is – I mean, as a Dodgers fan, it is hard to not be grinning ear-to-ear ear for the season to start because I just look at this lineup and you just get freaking goosebumps. I mean, Chris Taylor is one of the worst players on this team who, you know, not, not to uh, – pour salt in your wound, but has yeah, walked off it. and won a playoff <laughs> game, right? If your worst player is walking off and winning playoff games, you're looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, and not to mention how scary it can be that they have Danny Duffy, who will be contributing either in a starting role or a role. And, and God forbid Trevor Bauer gets cleared to play. I think if Trevor Bauer does get cleared to play and does play on this team, this will become the best team that has ever played baseball, maybe behind the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers with six Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, I like the point you made. It's like, you know, whenever there's an, an inning switch, it shows who's up to bat. And it's like, who who are you going to see in this lineup that you're going to be like, oh, finally, like an easy inning? Because, um, like, like there there's no gaps. Everybody is a capable player. Everybody's an all-star. Um, I mean, this team is really, really loaded and clearly the best team in baseball. I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. They have, they have everything going right for them, um, barring any major injuries, but it's like, even with an injury, like they, they, their depth is so good that they can afford somebody to get injured here or there. So it's basically, if this team can perform at the level that these players have been capable of and have performed at the past several years. There's nothing this team won't be able to accomplish this season. Um, and so, James, what's your ranking? How are you ordering these teams? How do you think the NL, NL West will finish one through five? Well, just real quick before I hit on that one last uh, closing on the Dodgers is just, you know, I get it. You know, the big thing is they have the number one payroll in baseball. They're backed up to $278 million officially. Uh, but, you know, to me, what this team is in, it's fair to get mad that there's not a salary cap and that you have big market teams that that have the revenues and can support payrolls like this. But to me, most of, by the way, most of this Dodgers lineup is homegrown or traded for, not free agent signings. But really, this is just an organization who is committed to winning more than any other organization in baseball. You lose Kenley Jansen, and within a week and a half, you trade for a better closer. I mean, they literally can't miss – uh, I think that they're going to do something to even add in one more arm um, into the starting rotation, but we'll see how that comes. But this is just, you know, the payroll's a thing, and you should close that. In my opinion, I'm more mad at the teams at the bottom, but yeah, it, it's their World Series to lose. If they play how they should and Dave Roberts manages in a logical way, you know, I think they easily get it done. Uh, I love to be the beneficiary of cheering for an organization that loves to win more than anything. With all that said, let me give you my five. Uh, obviously, my hands are somewhat tied, but even if I was completely unbiased, I'm picking the Los Angeles Dodgers to win this division, win the National League, etc. Um, number two, and I know we're going to differ here, I'm taking the Padres. 
I think between the depth that they have, they'll be able to trade and maybe find that piece. I think there could be a resurgence from a U Darvish or Blake Snell. Um, I'm hoping Tatis comes back ready to hit the ground running um, and make it up. So, I, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, an interesting pick, I would say, because the Giants probably are the easy ones to pick at two. Uh, but I'm going Padres at two with the Giants closely behind at the three spot. Um, and then I'm going to take, oh, this is hard. I'll, I'll take the Rockies just solely on the fact that Chris Bryan is the best of any available. And we're going to put the Diamondbacks in their lack of any capable arm at the bottom. I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's pretty much what the odds are. Um, I'm actually going to differ from you slightly and, and actually four spots. I obviously have the Dodgers winning um, obvious pick there. I'm going San Francisco in two. Look, they won 107 games last year. They've lost some pieces. They got some new pieces. I think this team's going to be just as good. Um, maybe not quite that good, but they're going to be up there. High 90 wins. I like the Giants in two. Padres at three. I think they're going to underperform. I think they're going to face too many injury issues. I don't like the rotation. I think it's a team that's going to struggle. I'm going to go Arizona at four, and this is going to be like, you know, a slight margin. Both of these teams are going to be in the 60s of wins. Um, I just like I like uh, Arizona a little bit better and Colorado in fifth, but that could easily be switched, Colorado in fourth. But that's, that's what I like. Um, James, let, you know, this is how we've wrapped up every episode. Who is your player to watch in the National League West? One player or, you know, multiple like we've done. Um, but one player from one of the five teams that you think you are, you're, you're most looking forward to keeping your eye on as the season goes around. Well, I think that's a tough question because the phrasing of who I'm most excited to watch is everyone with an L.A. jersey and then – but um, I, to me, the player that you have to – I'll give two, but I'm going to give one of mine first and let you go. I don't want to step on toes. The first one I'm going to take, I have to go Blake Snell. If Blake mm-hmm. Snell figures it out and gets back to Cy Young level, I think my prediction comes true. I think the Padres are a very premier club if Blake Snell is a Cy Young. There you go. I, I like the pick. Um I think Blake Snell is is a player that will, you know, be very, very important to the Padres team, whether they will be successful or not. I'm also going to pick a picture. I'm going to pick Carlos Rodon for the San Francisco Giants. I think he's got, you know, some big shoes to fill in Kevin Gossman if they want to keep up that winning, uh, the winning ways that they had last year. Rodon is going to come in um, and hopefully be, he's actually, you know, Maybe he'll maybe he'll end as that number one guy with Logan Webb, but a lot of expectations on him. They're paying him a lot of money to bring him in and perform at an elite level and give this team a chance to compete. And I think you know he's very critical in order for them to succeed. If he doesn't pitch well, it's it might be a little tough for them to fill out the fill out the the, the rotation and the pitching that they need. Um, but if he's on, he'll be really on, and it'll be hard for teams to score run against the Dodgers or against the Giants. Yeah, I, you know, Max, I do love that pick. I think Rodon is kind of, I would say, definitely make or break as far as the Giants are concerned. Um, they they need that ace. They need him there to, to be able to keep them competitive all the way down the stretch. My kind of honorable mention, I'll keep it back to L.A., it's got to be Cody Bellinger. I mean, this is a guy who cannot decide if he doesn't belong in Major League Baseball or is the best player in Major League Baseball season in, season out. So, you know, it's going to be interesting following the trend. I think he's back. He says he's seen the ball really well, but he's also striking out all the time. So I, I don't really know how you can say that while striking out three and four times a game. But it's just spring training. We'll see. Uh, and if you have this team going and Bellinger's MVP level, and then you have rainy batting title, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, MVP level Bellinger, I mean, it, it makes them that much more ridiculous. If Cody Bellinger is actually in the top four of this batting lineup, it's going to be something to watch. And he's one of the most electric players to watch because when he mashes, it's in clutch situations, looking at the walk-off game seven against the Braves. 
not a walk-off, but top of the ninth. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some late-night NOS games. Dodgers and Padres always, you know, last year those were some of the most electric games in all of baseball all season. And the Giants, I love watching Giants-Dodgers games. It'll be a lot of fun games to watch in the NL West. But I think that wraps it up. And that not only wraps up the NL West, but James, that wraps up all our division previews, all six division previews, all 30 MLB teams we've broken down. Um, you can look back on the Spotify, click to where you want, what team you want to hear about. But that does it, 30 MLB teams previewed. We're really closing in, opening day, just four days away. Yeah, you know, I'm stoked. And as we said on opening day, we're going to release kind of a big hype episode, get everyone ready for the day. We're going to recap the teams that we've picked, some of the predictions we've had, uh, and roll in some more content. That's going to be a massive episode. Can't wait to get there. But, you know, as we said, I I never thought we were going to get baseball back. Not only have we gotten it back, we got into preview divisions. And we're just wrapping up as we're recording this, the last weekend without baseball until October That's an awesome thing to say. I can't wait. America's pastime, it's so back. The NL West, it's must-watch baseball, uh, especially in some of those marquee matchups, especially down the stretch to see who's going to come in second because no one's dethroning the people's champs. Uh, And I think, you know, it's going to be a great season. I'm just hyped for the season. Couldn't agree more. I I just can't wait to watch baseball, have baseball on every day, all day. It'll 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 be nice. Um, but that, that does it. Division previews. Keep an eye out for the opening day episode. Pretty pumped about it. James, it was a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone.